Welcome back into another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Thursday, October 20th. It is a great, fantastic week for the city of New York and their sports franchises. We've got the Knicks who are kicking off the season the night that we record this. The Yankees are heading off their first game of the ALCS. But Teddy, more importantly than all, the Jets are fucking four and two. Four and two, baby. Feels fucking awesome. It it feels like, I mean, I've only, I was talking to my dad today. I was like, we've only had two losses. We've only experienced two losses and they were forever ago. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the game beer pong, but some would yes. say we're on fire three in a row, you All know, on fire. I think that's NBA jam rules as well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm lit. And, and I'm, I'm at the point where this is a real football team. They've accomplished, they've gotten to the low, low bar that I set for them. And now they're just, a regular football team that I think we can give fair expectations to. And, you know, hopefully they fucking keep balling and keep winning. They've exceeded the low, low expectations that I had for them. I'll tell you that we're, we're going to get to obviously the, the big game against the Packers on Sunday. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the players on the team, Elijah Moore, Quinn and Williams. And at the end of this, of course, previewing uh, the Jets versus the Broncos. Can the Jets winnable game? Can the Jets keep staying on fire? Can they get balls back again? Balls Uh, back. Ball's back. Uh, but Teddy, before we get into all of that, make sure everybody listening to please uh, go follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Same with the YouTube channel. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Blake Andrew Pace. Uh, make sure to also everybody. We always forget to say this, but people say it in every show like the podcast, subscribe to it, share it with your yeah, friends. If you we listen, like it, it will help us. Thank you. We appreciate maybe like it. our tweets. That would be nice as well. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Teddy, we didn't even talk about how you were watching the game on Sunday. Were you were you just at home posted up watching? Yeah, yeah, same old for okay. me. It was the first time, first time of the year that the Jets were on the local market um, where I live in Syracuse, which was nice because then I get to have the red zone all set up. When it, when I have to use my Sunday ticket, it gets all funky. But um, yeah, just watch at home. It was fucking awesome. I assume you didn't watch again. Blake works nonstop. That's all he does. But then he gets to watch the uh, the replays. Yes. Yep. I watched. I I watched today. Actually, actually, yeah, it was today. I watched the first half last night. The second half this morning. Condensed version. Thank you to NFL Plus. I guess that's what they're they're calling it now. But yes, my Sundays. Unfortunately, I can't watch football. That's soon to change, though. I hired I hired a full time employee today. So. Heck yeah. Let's fuck someone to give me my Sundays back. But yeah, I watched I watched the game. Um and and Teddy, I don't know about you, but to me, when you watch the 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 game and you watch the Packers and and talking about Green Bay and the struggles they had had so far this season, obviously they lose to the Giants the week before in in uh in London. They come back to the States, they're taking on a hungry team that's been winning. At the end of the day, when I watched that for you know the, the 60 minutes of football, there was one team that seemed more talented, they seemed more prepared, and they executed a hell of a lot better. And it was the New York Jets. And that's something that when you look at the Packers, what they've been the last three, four years, it's 13 and three, 13 and three, 13 and four. Like they are just winning games consistently. They have been one of the more consistent regular season teams we've had. Obviously, a different kind of season for them right now, but the Jets seemed like a competent football team that knew their game plan going in and executed it almost flawlessly. So just what, what did you think about the, the performance in general by the jets? Oh, 100%. I mean, it, it, it truly was like a, a team win in the, in the sense that, you know, offense, defense, special teams, every single unit outplayed the Packers respective unit, you know, and um, we were just making plays, um, and, and what I really liked about it was like the first half, you know, what was it? Three, three. And it was just defensive battle. And it was kind of, okay, which one of these offenses is going to be able to break it open? You know, who's going to get to draw first blood and, you know, in, in another life, the jets would have been the ones to kind of let it go. And maybe you throw a bad pick or, or something happens, but Zach Wilson and this offense were able to kind of protect the ball, move the ball. Um, and, and score when we needed to. And we turned it on in the second half again, which was fucking awesome. Um, outside of, you know, that one scoring drive or two scoring drives to the Packers, it really was just like 
the defense just completely showed up and then the offense did exactly what it what it needed to do and was able to run the ball and it really you know to stack this on top of the win um last week against the dolphins where you know there's a lot of built-in excuses for why the jets won that dolphins game with the injuries and you know their team and whatever this packers team whatever you want to say they're struggling for sure i mean this is a a great head coach great defense uh, a great quarterback and a lot of people would have thought that that this would be a perfect opportunity for them to get right. And, you know, that's not what this Jets team is anymore. And it's especially not what this Jets defense is. It's not a team where you're going to go and, you know, just play average and, and get yourself on track. Um, So, so I'm feeling great about the Jets. And I mean, this defense especially is, is getting me hot and bothered. Yeah. (laughs) Hot and bothered. We love a hot and bothered Teddy in in the middle of October. That's, that's the perfect time for that. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. And, and even going beyond just the Dolphins win and all of their wins up to this point before Green Bay, you could say like, man, the comebacks in the fourth quarter, a lot had to go right their way, a little bit lucky. They looked subpar in different parts of the game. There was never a point in the Packers game where I, I thought they were the inferior team. And in the early parts of the Cleveland game, I was like, man, they really just don't look like they they match up well with them. And Steelers a little bit there as well, too. Um, I, I thought they were probably played a little bit closer in that one. But in the Packers game, even when things weren't going well in the first half, the other part of the team was making up where the defense was getting their their stops against Aaron Rodgers. The special teams was contributing with a blocked field goal early on and then getting the block punt later in the game as well, too. It was one of those wins where you're like, there, this wasn't fluky. This was a statement win. And it was okay. not only just a statement win, just like for this season, but for Robert Sala and this young coaching staff and this young ish regime that they've got here, this is a statement win for the jets. And it's something that they can look back on at the end of the year and be like, man, this is where we started to take a corner, uh, you know, take a turn as a franchise. And, you know, you even heard Aaron Rodgers speak about it after the game. He's like, that's not the same old jets. And, and sure. He, he could be saying that just to you know, make himself feel better about how bad the Packers played that Sunday. But I don't think he's ever been someone to to beat around the bush. I feel like he's always been very deliberate with his words. So when he says something like that, and I respect his football opinion a lot, it makes you think, okay, the, the Jets really are turning around something here and and sitting at four and two, um, you know, with, with you know, a, a good wins against good teams. We've talked about this week in and week out. The first part of the schedule was supposed to be miserable and they're sitting here four and two. I yeah. truly am stunned in the, in the best way possible that they're at this point. Yeah. And, and when you think about the wins before, you know, we, we don't want to discredit them at all, especially now that we have four where it seems like, okay, once you start doing this over and over again, you know, you're doing something right, regardless of if you're getting lucky or not. But right. this is that first win to me where, where like you said, you know, it's the statement win. It's, it's kind of like the, okay, there's nothing else you can really say now. I mean, sure, you can nitpick like, oh, the Packers' aren't, offense isn't as great, whatever. They're a good team, and, and they, they have a great quarterback. They do have some playmakers, and they have a great fucking defense. So this is the first win where it's like, all right, like, this is the Jets. You know, they're able to hang around with these other teams and fucking beat these other teams and and be better than them and outplay them. And I think, you know, it again, it's like I've said this the past couple of games and, and every game has been won kind of in a different way. But it, it does kind of follow that same game script where it's like the defense is stifling and we have enough playmakers on offense to when even if we're not dominating the game offensively you're going to get those few explosive plays that that really kind of uh help you take advantage and win a game like that like the first touchdown we scored Zach Wilson has the 41 yard pass I think to Corey Davis mm-hmm. um you know who was who was open and it was a good throw and it's capitalizing on an opportunity you know it, he could have overthrown it, could have not seen it. And, and, but instead, you know, he sees him wide open and he throws it. And then, and then we get a touchdown on the next play or the next two plays or whatever it was. It's, it's these little things where Zach Wilson isn't losing us the game. People aren't turning the ball over. We're winning the turnover battle. Our defense is flying around and we're taking it. Even if it's on a mistake by the defense, we're able to capitalize. Whereas the other offenses haven't been able to capitalize on us. And I think that's where, um, you know, we're seeing again, wins where we're not just relying on our quarterback to, to be a hero and play hero ball and win us the game and make a couple great throws that win us the game. You know, we are 
we have built a team and a special teams and an offense and a defense that can play and function really, you know, obviously the quarterback matters and we'll, we'll get into it in a second when we really dive into this offense. But, but regardless of kind of the quarterback's strengths, weaknesses, whatever, we're at a point where as long as he's not losing us the game, these past couple of games, our team has been able to lift that up and, and play well enough where it doesn't really matter. So I just think, we're kind of seeing everything that we were hoping and that when we're putting all these free agents together, we're putting all these draft picks together, it really is coming to fruition in a lot of ways because this team is just nowhere close to the team it was two years ago, like not even remotely. God, no. So it's just fucking awesome to see. It is. It is. And, and to that credit, some of these free agents, you know, there were some that made their impacts from week one. You know, you think of how great DJ Reed was to start off the season uh, Conklin has made himself a, a reliable target early on as well, too. But now we're getting this second wave of the free agents really starting to get their groove there. Uzama had one of his best games, probably his best game as a as a member of the Jets there. Lakin Tomlinson, the last few games, has really stepped things up. And you're starting to see him and Dwayne Brown on that left side really start to hold things down a little bit better. Uh, Jordan Whitehead had started to play a little bit better as well, too. So you're starting to see now this team really get into its stride here um, and and to and to be at that point when it's week six, but despite still having some pieces needing to get going, they're still four and two. It's not like as we talk about the Broncos who have made a bunch of acquisitions where they're sitting now and they're three and three and their wins have been shaky. And you're like, well, what is this team? Are they two and four actually? Two and four. Two and Jesus. four. Jesus. And you're and you're just like, all these teams make these moves and and everyone's like up preaching patience and we got to get our guys going. It's like, now the Jets got their guys going and it, it, they didn't have their guys going and it didn't matter. And now that they're going, this team looks strong at four and two heading into, you know, still tough opponents the next few weeks. But you think of this team a whole lot differently. I view this upcoming game against the Broncos a hell of a whole lot differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so what are we at six and two or, or four and two or six weeks in. So that gives us 11 games left. I mean, to get to a winning record, we got to be what five and six the rest of the way. I mean, we don't even to be nine and eight to end this season with a winning record. We don't even have Which to have a winning record fantastic. the rest of this year. Yeah, nine and eight is sure. fucking fantastic. Sure. And we talked about this a few weeks ago after we were two and two, and we kind of said, you know, have expectations changed? And both of us kind of sat here and and said, you know, I I don't really think they've changed much. I think we're seeing kind of high-end success as opposed to the 0-4 start we could have seen. And, you know, we still just kind of want to see this team be competitive and be in games. And, and you know, maybe they'll be 8-9, and nine, maybe they'll be 7-10, and 10, but but at least they're winning. Now it's at the point where, hey, we're sitting here at 4-2, and two and the schedule doesn't seem to be getting harder. You know, I, I, I always have a tough, tough time talking about, like, the schedule because, you know, any team can come out and be any team. That's the way football works. But these are definitely games that the Jets should most certainly be in, you know, throughout the rest of the season. I mean, we've got two games against the Bills. But other than that, it's all very it's no really like elite teams. Not like we're playing the Chiefs or anything like that. So it's interesting. And, you know, my expect expectations have changed. Like I want to see this team make the playoffs. You know, I want to get in that seven seed. There's really just like no reason why they can't. And the expectations have changed too, because you look around the rest of the AFC and you were like, how is this, how, how are you going to compete with some of these teams? And you're sitting here, Los Angeles is barely getting by, you know, the chargers, you know, the Raiders have really not looked good at all. Um, The, the Broncos as well too have massively underwhelmed. Um, You know, you do have the early edge on new England at this point too. Uh, Miami with their quarterback situation and their injuries, the AFC South is only really going to get one team out there. I'm, I'm praying it's my three, two and one, you know, Indianapolis Colts, but you never know. And then in the North Cincinnati still struggles with teams. I know they beat new Orleans, but they should have lost that one. Cleveland is probably, you know, they, they are not going to get by until Watson comes back. And then Pittsburgh stinks and the Ravens lost to the Giants. That was one of the things, just a quick sidebar, you know, everybody, I, you know, laying, laying in excuses for the Packers. I saw like, oh, well, you know, they didn't take the bye after the London game. I was like, the Giants came back after winning and then, you know, beat the Baltimore Ravens. I don't want to hear that excuse at all. They were the inferior team there and they beat a, you know, a talented Baltimore squad, but regardless, um, where I don't even know what I was talking about before that, Teddy. I just, I, the expectations have changed for this Jets football team and, and the playoffs, I mean, they have to be considered as a possibility the way that the rest of the, the conference is shaping out right now. 
definitely. And so let's fucking keep it rolling. Yes. Keep it riding and let's win. Um, well, you know what we have to do to patch things up first, though, before we keep rolling offensively, we need to get Elijah more happy in this offense. Yes. That's where I want to take things next. <laughs> well, we'll talk well, about the. I want to I want to talk about the defense after, but I do want to get the Elijah Moore conversation out of the way, if that's all right by you. No, definitely. And I, and I think kind of the perfect way to frame this. Um, I'm looking at the stats for the last game. Right. And the Jets had a total of. 99 passing yards and 179 rushing yards. Now, Zach Wilson, he actually threw for 110 passing yards, but the sacks count against him. It's a weird rule. Um, But so basically the story of this Jets team the past few weeks, and if you want to nitpick, if you want to say, okay, what is this team not seemingly doing well? It is the passing game, you know, and it's, it's not that Zach Wilson has looked bad or the passing game has really looked bad. But it, it number one, it hasn't really been needed these past few games. So we're just relying heavily on the run. And I would say this last this last game was probably the most I saw Zach Wilson not be decisive in the pocket and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, hold on to the ball and wasn't really getting the ball out of his hands. Yeah. Now that could be attributed to the good defense, good cornerbacks. You know, maybe our guys were covered. Um, that's very possible. And this was definitely probably the best secondary we've played so far this year. Jair so, played a great game. Right. I mean, and Jair was on Garrett all day, Fun which I think up. is a baller move by, by the Packers to say, Hey, we know you got a couple of vets, but Garrett Wilson is the most talented guy on your guys' squad. He had yeah. five targets, only one reception. I mean, Jair was shutting him down all day. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the passing game is really kind of that one thing where you still kind of see fans saying, oh, Zach Wilson's been doing horrible. Um, and, and that's kind of where you can, where you can critique this. So what does that lead into? You know, our first drama of the season, <laughs> right after the game, Elijah Moore puts out a tweet. Um, I guess I'll read it for you guys. Yeah, it says, well, so Rich Shamini tweeted out interesting stat of the day. Um, um, Elijah Moore had zero targets today. And then Elijah Moore quote tweets it and says, if I say what I really want to say, I'll be the selfish guy. We winning, grateful, huge blessing, all I ever wanted. Bittersweet for me, but I'll be solid. So I'll just stay quiet. Just know I don't understand either. Basically taking to Twitter and saying, listen, I'm not going to complain, but I'm saying that I'm not going to complain. So he's basically making a complaint. It's basically. And <laughs> I mean, in this, in this, uh, in this, this Robert Sala um, era, you know, the past two years, this is the first real drama that we've seen. I mean, have there been any other type of like disgruntled players really in the past year and a half? What about Jets legend Denzel Mims? Yeah. Yeah. I know that's what's Denzel Mims doing. Is he on our practice squad? He's there. He's, he's on the squad. No, it is different. And, and, so I guess I mean that I, I just wanted he's, to frame he's it up. On the roster. I'll let you he's not on the practice. He's no, not on yeah, the practice. No, yeah, you're right. I, they just I think um, they healthy scratch him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean yeah. is is being on the practice squad if you're not making the 53 man roster yeah. or the 47 or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, what's your takeaways as as a non Jets fan? I'll let you go first. You know, let's. Uh, what do you What did yeah. you think when you saw this? So it, it, I understand, I, I guess I understand the frustration. Like you want to be after a, a promising way to finish off the rookie year. And then you're just like, you see Garrett Wilson kind of not take over your role, but you see him get used a little bit more. And then you see Corey Davis being there as the reliable guy that, you know, Wilson goes to in a pinch on third downs and man, just another shout out to him week in and week out. I keep being more and more impressed with Corey Davis after I wasn't like the biggest fan of that contract. He's, Corey Davis he, is the he's goal, a, man. always there. Um, but with Elijah, it's funny because it, it's, it's not just a jets problem. It's a league problem. And it's something that we, we've talked about for weeks. Now, if you are a deep threat wide receiver running a lot of go routes and a lot of deep concepts, you're not getting a ton of looks right now. And, you know, people will look at Tyree kill numbers and Jalen Waddle numbers and say, well, their numbers are different. They're kind of getting a lot of action in the middle too. And just taking a slant, you know, 60 yards on their stuff there. You know, Elijah, and that's the one thing where I say, like, if there is something that's responsible for the Jets, it's it's getting Elijah evolved in the short and intermediate routes. You know, give him some of the end arounds there that you're giving Braxton, you know, get him more involved in some of the shorter stuff, because right now 
there's two things right now. The NFL defenses are not letting you throw the football deep. You are not, they're just sitting deep, two deep safeties. And they're saying, you know, we've seen this NFL offensive explosion the last few years from all these deep passing concepts. We're just going to let you try and beat us dink and dunk down the field. Cause we'd rather just, you know, let you guys settle for a field goal at the 25 than beat us for a 75 yard bomb. So that's the first thing NFL defenses have just adapted to that deep threat era. And to coincide with that, Elijah Moore, up to this point is still running in the top five or six out of qualified wide receivers in terms of average route depth. Um, before this past week, it was 14.2 yards downfield, which was 10th highest. I believe it's a little bit higher now that brings him closer to the top five, but his routes, he's just running deep concepts. Like he is only getting it down that way. And then the problem that is the jets is that they don't have time to establish the deep passing game. The offensive line has been playing better but he's still not getting you know enough time in the pocket to really let Elijah work down the field. So those are really the two problems. One is out of their control with defenses just being able to, you know, they're just sitting back on offenses right now. And I guess that is their fault where I think they could get him more involved in the short to intermediate passing game. But, you know, the other part of it too is that the offensive line isn't really giving the Jets much time at all to give that deep, you know, concept a chance. Yeah. Definitely. And and I definitely do, you know, from Elijah Moore's perspective, I do think it's a solid point that, and I feel like I've been saying it too, is like, we got to get this guy more involved and that's not going to only be on go routes, you know? And, and, and to me, like, sure, Elijah Moore is fast, but he he's also like relatively short, you know? So I know you like them mm-hmm. on the outside. I know he can be productive there, but yeah, it's like get him the ball on some simpler routes, simpler concepts. And, and that, that is one thing where I think the jets um, could do a little better is just kind of trying to get their guys rolling a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, what I would like to see kind of just to remedy this and get it, get it put away would be, you know, just come out and like target him like three times on the feed first, him. on the first drive, you know, feed and him, just him, move on. But with all that being said, you, you do kind of see the, the kind of like bad side of this and like the selfish player side. And, I, and you know, I don't want to get be too hard on the guy. You get it. And it's frustrating when you when you go out there and you don't get a, a single yeah. look the whole day. But it is kind of like, all right, dude, these last couple I mean, these last two games, the Jets have not been uh throwing the ball a ton and they haven't really been throwing it very successfully. I mean, two weeks ago, I think the leading receiver had four receptions and everyone else had two or under. And then this week, no one had more than two receptions, you know? So like we keep talking about Corey Davis, Corey Davis has had four receptions the past two weeks. It's not like he's been out there balling. It's just all his receptions happen to be happening on third downs and like in the fourth quarter and shit like that. So, Mm -hmm. or I think he had four last week. So maybe he's had six in the past two weeks. But regardless, so so it's like I understand the frustration, but it's like, in my opinion, it's kind of just how these games have been and we're winning. So it's like things yeah. are going well, finally, and you're going to come out and complain. That's pretty annoying to me. It's like handle that internally. Like, don't just go tweeting around. And then now it's also just kind of like, all right, now you're kind of building some type of narrative of either you against the coaches or you against yeah. Zach or whatever. It's like, it's like whatever you meant by it. And he deleted the tweet and he followed it up saying he supports all his teammates, which makes me think it's something to do with the coaching. Um, But, but it's, it's just like, come on, dude. Like, do we really got to be complaining right now when, when (laughs) we just started like being a real team again and your quarterback is three weeks into his young season, hasn't really looked prolific. And I still think this, this passing game is kind of, in development and we're just relying on the, the successful run game. So it's like, I, it, it, if, if Garrett Wilson had six receptions for a hundred yards, each of the last two games, maybe I understand it a little bit better. Um, and I do understand like z- zero targets. It has to be frustrating, but it's not like these other receivers are balling. It's, it's the passing game of the jets is not really that prolific at the moment. So I think it's yeah. just a symptom of that. No, it is. I, and I agree. Taking it to Twitter and, and making it vocal, you know, it's 
NFL wide receivers have sort of dipped into the NBA market when they're Definitely. not happy with their current situation. And I think it's just, they, they see the money boom of the position and they, you know, for a second round pick, his contract comes up a little bit sooner than some of those first rounders. So he almost gets to cash in first if he continues his great trend. So obviously that's stuff that's years down the road, but you know, like you said, you don't want to paint this narrative early on in your career, early on in this Jets tenure where things start to be, you know, heading in the right direction. You don't want to you don't want to have that kind of stuff around the organization. I will say, though, I feel like if you can get Braxton as involved in the offense as you have been able to, I think you can I think you can get Elijah in there as well too. get get creative with Elijah. It doesn't have to be 14.2 yards downfield is the average route depth, you know, yeah. get him, a, get him some of those end rounds, get him the trick plays, get him the quick screen and goes. Um, I, I, I understand there are a lot of mouths to feed, but this is one where I we've seen him be successful. You know, we know he's a good talent. Um, and, and, you know, to me, getting him involved is the only you know, it's not the missing part of the passing offense because you want more consistency from Zach. You want more time in the pocket. But if you get the three of those guys going where, you you know, you rely on Corey Davis on those situations, you go to Garrett as your lead guy, but you can also get this freak fast talent, you know, the ball, get the ball in his hands and let him go to work. Um, that's where I think like offensively, if he is calling out the coaches when he came back out that second time, it's like, yeah. I, I, it's frustrating seeing Braxton Berrios get more touches than me. Like that's, that's where I think he's probably coming into things. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I, I, again, I do think it's fair because <laughs> what have we been saying all year? It's like, let's get this guy a little bit more involved. Oh, and dude, not. We, we haven't even talked about, you know, we bet his over props at the beginning. I know, of the I know. We're it's fucked. just I like, mean, there's he has no like chance. Four he's receptions on the no air session, but <laughs> we, he it's also you know it, it does it's like the Denzel Mims thing it's like you wanted Denzel Mims to work you wanted the coaching staff to buy in and regardless of the things they said publicly you know their actions consistently spoke louder than words so it's like will I be surprised if we this just continues to be on a downward trend you know Elijah Moore kind of starts to to maybe play less continue to not get targeted gets frustrated like that's a very real possibility and that will be frustrating to me because it seems like we have this great culture everyone's bought in whatever it'll just be like it'll just be like damn like do, is this really happening like we couldn't have a way to remedy this but i do also think like again i think elijah moore is really fucking good like yes. throw him the ball get him involved and it, it's like it's really not that hard and and so much of this really does come down to play calling, in my opinion, because when you look at these past two games and, and listen, the jets have blown, have blown out these teams. Essentially they've dominated in the run game. It's, it's all worked. So there's not much you can really critique, but there's these drives. I mean, you look at the end of the game when the jets had a chance to, to score one more time, or, or you look at some of the drives at the end of the game in, in the Miami game. And again, I get we're up big, but, but it's like, they're, they're really going out of their way to not throw the ball. Like they will run it and run it and run it and run it and run it. It's not like run, run, pass, run, pass. Like it's run, 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 run. Like, especially these, these couple drives where, uh, where they've, they've kind of capitalized on things. It's been run, run, run late in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. So it is just kind of like, Hey dude, we're on the two, like maybe on second down, let's throw a pass and and try to get, try to get some of our receivers a touchdown or or things like that. So I do think, I mean, when you look at this offense, that's the story of the offense. It's been working. The run game's been working. We've been able to win the way we want to win by having a great run game and a great defense, but you do want to see this passing game start to click. And I mean, we're all waiting for it. We're all waiting for the, for the Zach Wilson arrival game, you know, it hasn't happened yeah. yet. No, he had a good first game last few games. He's just kind of done enough. Hasn't lost us the game, which is great. And, and listen, if he is Jimmy Garoppolo this year or is fucking Mac Jones or whatever, and, and doesn't like completely break out, but helps us win, doesn't turn the ball over is decent. I'm fine with that. But at yeah, the yeah. end of the day, it, it, you know, it kind of comes down to these different levels of expectations. It's I'm rambling now, but it's like when 
when we're really bad, all we want is a serviceable guy who's going to be able to not lose us the game. That's great. Hopefully Zach Wilson can continue to do that, continue to not turn the ball over, and we'll be great. Next step, hey, we want to win a fucking Super Bowl. If you want to do that, you got to have a quarterback who's the man. It, it, it really is the way that it is. Um, so you, 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 I want to see it, you know, and I, and I understand the frustration and I get it, but at the end of the day, I do just want to see this team win. So it is what it is. Um, but you know, let's get Elijah Moore three receptions this week. Let's just try to do that. And that's the, watch it like a bug. And that's the only complaint that I'll give for LaFleur because other than that, I mean, he was on one yet on Sunday. Like he was mm-hmm. fucking fantastic. That that end around touchdown to Braxton, when you just watch the play develop and you're like, okay, it was almost oh, oh fuck. You got Dwayne Brown all the way down there too. Like that play opened up beautifully. The um the run version of those kind of uh you know the that new concept now where you fake the run and then you throw it to the tight end that's streaking up the middle. The like shuffle pass or whatever. Yeah, the shuffle pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do their run version of that. That was fucking awesome. Like we did stuff the QB like sneak that. with Conklin. You know the Travis Dude, Kelsey he's, QB he's sneak on one. This is what I'm saying. This is and it's it's going to be unfortunate if like because you know you want this team to go far. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Probably not. Are you probably going to lose Lafleur? I mean, like the way he's dialing these games up and the way that they're coming in and getting by, you know, with lesser talent and I don't want to say that in a bad way I just think that you know I think the way that they're putting up numbers is and god now I really got to step back and say this because I do think they're talented on offense I think they've got good playmakers I but I just think that the way that the game plan is being dialed right, up by LaFleur is contributing so much to the success of this team and I think once people start to realize that as the season continues to go along I someone's going to come and grab him this year. I would assume so this off. Like he's been great. He's been really good to me. The I really fucking game, hope not. I really yeah. hope not. <laughs> I Maybe really you can hope save not. him for another year, but like, I, I don't know when I watch that game and it's like, you know, the, the Packers aren't fantastic defensively, but they've got talented players at all three levels. And the passing game didn't look good yet. They were still moving down the field for the majority of those drives there. So you're just like, they're, they're dialing up something here. And it's fun to see because the creativity, uh, what you can do with all these playmakers, I, like again, a second week in a row now, just like having Michael Carter and Brees Hall out there on the same, t- same yeah. time is just such a, a mind fuck for defenses. Hats off. Hats and off I mean, that touchdown run by Brees Hall, it's like, God damn, you know, the th- that's the type of run where, where you do kind of see the separation of like an average back and a great back. You know, when he's running at the end of that play there and there's two guys, I thought he was going to get tackled. But what's he do? He yeah. just kind of goes into that last year and yep. fucking outruns everyone in the last 10 yards. It's and it's like, there. wow, this dude's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I in no way do I think this Jets offense has like completely figured it out, but we're winning. And I think that it, it does come down to the coaches and the quarterback at some point to know, hey, I'm dealing with all these personalities. Let's make sure everyone kind of gets gets some mouth to feed. And what do they say? This the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know, again, like this might be one of those that's there's two ways this can go. You know, it can go where Elijah Moore continues to not get targeted and the frustration builds or we come out fucking next week against the Broncos. And the first play of the game is a a quick slant to him or something like that. You know, just like get the just get it rolling a little bit. That's what I think. Maybe I'll send an email to LaFleur. Michael Fleur at jets.com. You think that's at his jets. email? Com. That's probably it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Anything else with the offense before we switch to the defense and, and, and the, the, the jets version of Aaron Donald or, or what were you at? No, I, I think we're good. I mean, I, I, I think that we're just at a point where the, the offense is kind of what we're waiting for. And if they can really step up and explode, this team is going to be, you know, something to fuck it, with. But something that I'll say too, like, it's not that the league has figured out offense. Like, I, we were talking about this the other day. There are five teams that I can confidently say have an offensive identity right now. The Eagles have one. The Ravens technically always have one with Lamar. So I guess you can, they have an identity. I don't know if it's necessarily working as well, but they've got an identity. Uh, Miami's got an identity with Tyreek and Waddle. The Patriots have it with Ramondre right now. Um, and God, uh, so many, the Rams don't have one right now. You know, the, the, the Bengals don't have one. Uh, there are a lot of, Buffalo has one. I think there's the a lot Jets of teams can be put not... in that, 
in that Patriots kind of set, you know, just running the ball. That's their, that's, I mean, that's what it seems like. That's their offensive identity so far. I guess it's, it's kind of different because the the first four games that wasn't the identity and right. That's all comes with, you know, the getting down the defense, not playing as well, the offense, not, you know, turning the ball over things like that, where it kind of all leads to, Hey, we need to throw the ball 60 times. Um, this these last two games are much more you know what we're what we hope to see from the Jets and, and what's going to help Zach Wilson to have the opportunity to kind of grow and succeed um so I think that's just the thing to watch is how how does Zach Wilson continue to do does he continue to protect the ball can he kind of step up and and start adding to those numbers a little bit um he did make some scary yeah, I mean, throws there he yeah a, he, he had did, a couple he did last week <laughs> too like, I mean oh. they're there have been Don't plays where you're like, Ooh, you know, and, and it's kind <laughs> of worked out in for the us. End zone. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah. but, but the offense has been able to move the ball enough to where we're not telling the same old story with this Jets defense where it's like, yeah, hey, they looked pretty good, but they just couldn't stay off, get off the field enough. Offense was getting three and out after three and out. And eventually the game just got busted open. Now we got, dog on dog on dog all fucking out there balling and just shutting everyone down we got the best cornerback in the league we got the best defensive <laughs> lineman in the league we got the best fucking old ass linebackers in the league no, I'm just fucking around. but but the best this defense looks like awesome that. they've looked awesome really every game outside of the two losses and when we were one and two that's what everyone wanted to go for and sure they needed to play better those first three weeks but but again, a lot of that, I mean, we went through it after the first game. A lot of those kind of had those built-in excuses of, hey, it's a short field. Hey, there's a penalty, blah, blah, blah. This Jets defense been awesome. All the people calling for Albrecht's head, shut up, you're done. And I don't know, man. I mean, who's the fucking man is Quinn and Williams Defensive Player of the Week. So he is. I'm feeling great about this defense. And this this is what we were hoping for at the beginning of the year for this defense. And, and they've really yeah. showed up these past few weeks. Yeah. And I I'll just throw in there as well too. I think the Browns win that the jets had defensively. wasn't a great true, game true, for them. True. So I'll, I'll say weeks one through three, First but three the last, weeks yeah, but the bad. last three, last three, I mean, and, and the green Bay one, especially where it was like, you know, the first game, you got Mitch and then you, you go to Kenny Pickett. The next one, you had Teddy Bridgewater out there for a play. And then it's Skylar Thompson and then you were like, okay, well, how's this defense going to do? You know, they've got, you know, it's it's one thing to be going up against a talented wide receivers without a quarterback, but now you've got Aaron Rodgers here. You got a power run game that they like with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And man, they, they looked the best that they have all year. I would honestly say like, you know, I, I don't think that they had any fear whatsoever about the passing game. They really dialed in against the run. They knew that they could break down and get to Rodgers in, in the pocket, keep him inside and really bring him down. And you're right. This the, the the defensive tackles on the team. I I want to talk about Quinnen, but like guys like Rankins look great. Lawson is still getting in there as well too. Like there are some dogs on this defensive line. The linebackers are quick and they're playing fast. Quan Alexander again and again impresses me. And like you said, Sauce is, you know, he didn't have to face the toughest wide receiver room this week, but he's he's had enough tests so far to make me know he's legit. And this was just another great showing for him. Yeah, yeah. I I especially want to focus on the D line. Um, I think we've like kind of said this the past two games of like, this is kind of coming out party, you know, they're kind of showing up a little bit. I'd say the Dolphins game was was the pregame for this defensive line. And then this game was was the true coming out party because holy fuck, were they balling and 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 this was the perfect example of a team with a great defensive line just absolutely winning the game for the New York Jets. I mean, that's how it felt like to me because it was all day. Blake and I are big fantasy heads, right? And a, a lot of fantasy is targeting bad defenses against positions. I've probably gone, let's say, the last 10 years. That's probably not true, but it feels like that, where everybody knows you play your running backs against the Jets. That is most certainly not the case anymore because teams are having a hard-ass time running on this team. And then we're adding in that, our, our pass rush is finally getting home. I think we had like four or five sacks. I mean, hit after hit after hit. Quinnen's absolutely balling. And 
This is a stat off the top of my head. I saw it somewhere though. I'm pretty, I think we blitzed like 9% of the plays or like 14% of the plays or something like that. Like we were not blitzing a ton, which we did do. It was, it was like a fifth guy. It was one guy in the house. And, and, and this, this defensive line just continued, continued, continued to get to Aaron Rodgers, a lot of sacks, a lot of QB hits. I mean, they were absolutely balling and, and it was fucking awesome to see. And, and it was Quinn Williams, especially, and this was his, this was his, I'm one of the best defensive linemen in the league and I can affect a game type of game, you know, like this was Quinn and Williams truly just stepping up and making plays when we needed them. Just saying, I'm better than you. I'm winning my one-on-ones and I'm getting to your quarterback over and over and over again. And it was fucking awesome. And then you throw in all the great run defense that he's had, that he's had all year. Um, he has just been a fucking a light in my life. He's been amazing. He's been, yeah. and we, we, we've been, everybody's been talking about it. So I want to be like, oh, we're the only ones giving Quinn and Williams props here. But it's like, it's like, you keep this going. It's, it's going to be close to all pro tier. Obviously there's still Aaron Donald out there. DeForest Buckner has been playing out of his mind again for, you know, the third year in a row. Now there's some good defensive tackles in football, but Quinn and Williams is officially one of them. It's week in and week out. He is a baller and he seems to only be getting better that this game against the Jets or the, against the Packers was just utter domination. He gets defensive player of the week. PFF grades him as the 14th best defensive tackle in all of football. Fuck you, PFF. Fuck you, PFF. What did you think about yeah, that? Yeah, PFF. PFF's having a rough go of it because yeah, we got uh, – we talked about this on one of our podcasts, but we got our boy PFF George who, who had the big rant that the Jets are terrible and they're so dumb for taking Brees Hall and they should have taken Malik Willis. That's the funniest part of that, that clip is when he's like – Malik Willis was on the board and it's like, all right, dude, like just relax because Brees Hall has just been balling and balling. Yeah. And then can't beat out Ryan Tannehill. Right. And then we got fucking Quinn Williams after the game, he gets like a 61 overall grade and the whole world's just kind of like, were you Mm -hmm. watching? Did you see that? Because I'm pretty sure he just balled. Then he won defensive player of the game. Then PFF comes out, changes the grade, apologizes. Basically. I mean, it, it makes their whole system look shoddy. Um, you said something a little interesting before we started recording. I don't know if you want to share that with the world about, about how you feel about PFF at the moment. It's just, it's too subjective. It is. I can't yeah. use it. I used to, I used to love using it. And, and everybody I feel like is this way about PFF where you're just like, if it backs up a take that you have, then you're going to use the number. And I was always yeah. like that. And when I'm hyping up Michael Carter, I went to PFF because they love we do Michael it all Carter. the time as Jets fans. You know, I, I do it a ton. Everybody does. But like when you see stuff like that, you're just like there is a when you have a human ele- element into it. That's where I feel like you can't you can't be basing it off of anymore when it's a when it's an individual person. I don't care if they've been vetted and hired and they went through this process of how they're supposed to grade. Seems like when you get a little bit of a vendetta in there, like stuff tends yeah. to get a little bit shaky. And so I just, you know. I, I think they, there is certain things that I like of theirs that, you know, there are grades that they have like as position groups that I enjoy, but the individual player grades, it's just like, eh, I don't like it anymore. I don't like it. Yeah. What, what's nice about PFF is it, is it, it gave, it gives the football community a way to quantify a lot of things that we couldn't quantify before, you know, in terms of like, like O-line play, D-line play, especially things that like don't have raw stats behind them. But yeah, it, I mean, it seems a little odd to me that you can sit down, watch a player absolutely dominate, rank, give him a 61 overall grade, and then after a bunch of backlash, just come out and upgrade that by 20 points. It, it, it kind of questions your process to me. So yeah, I'm kind of done with PFF as well. Not that I ever was really into them, but it's just kind of like, all right, bros, let's. One day uh, there will be a grade that comes out where it's something it's not a, a, a human person. We need you know, like robots who can yeah. analyze like every single thing. But I, what happens when the robots show emotion? Then we're all well, fucked. Yeah. Then Wally happens. <laughs> Wally. Can you imagine Wally sitting there grading Quinn <laughs> uh, Williams game against Wally. the Packers? Wally. <laughs> Dude, I could have graded Quinn Williams. I would have given him 100 and the fucking big dick award because he's such a the big dick award. Ass. Yeah. He's great. Nah, He's dude. fantastic. It's just and- like the defensive line being good has been something we've been hoping for for so long. And at the beginning of this year, it was really frustrating to just see like 
the lack of pass rush, the lack of pressure they were getting to the quarterback. And it was just like, when is this ever going to end for us? And, and it is kind of nice that, you know, it took a couple of weeks, but they're getting it together. Quinn and Williams has been balling this whole season. I, what I really think the change is, is that the guys around him are starting to play so much better as well. You know, Lawson's continuing to come into his own. He's been great. Franklin Myers is constantly in the backfield. Fucking Sheldon Rankins looks awesome. Like, Fantastic. absolutely awesome. Looks really good. And then you mix that with fucking the linebackers. I mean, we talked about it, how the linebackers look bad with the bad D-line. D-line looks bad with bad linebackers. They're complimenting the hell out of each other this year. Quincy Williams is flying around. Quan seems mm-hmm. like he gets a highlight play every week. And then, I mean, we got, we got straps and I, and I said it last week, I'll say it again, this identity of this team and the culture of this team is being so driven by sauce Gardner and DJ Reed right now to me, that is giving them such just like swagger. And after the game, you get sauce Gardner walking around with the cheese head on in the absolute Field. best. No, the coolest part, I video. Mean, listen, I always think the Jets can win, definitely. But but when you say, okay, the Jets are going into Lambeau with the Packers off a loss, you know, it doesn't seem like a like a, a great opportunity to grab a win, you know, and and it's in this historic building. And you go out there and you get a win. Sauce Gardner plays great. It, things are just fucking – everything seems to be going well right now. And especially defensively, I mean, they've just been balling. Who do we play this week? The Broncos. Broncos. Should just be another defensive battle. I mean, the Broncos have a hell of a defense. They do. Um, but their offense has been nothing scary, so hopefully we can shut them down again. I would be more worried about the Packers' offense than the Broncos. Most certainly. I'd be. The Broncos are like the most similar to the Jets of yesteryear, of just being horrible and not being able to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and just really sound on defense and frustrating on offense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I, I, I kind of didn't realize that uh, that's the next thing we're talking about, but we can just move into that game, I guess, now. You want, I you want to move it into up. that? Yeah. yeah. Great, great segue, Teddy. The king, yeah. of, the king of unintentional king of segues. segues. Teddy, I have a very important question for you first because we've done this each of the last few weeks. I want to start off with it, though. What is the line of this current Jets-Broncos game? I already you know looked it. at it. I oh, you do? It. Yeah. Okay. Plus one Jets, which – yeah. Is this game at home for us? No, this is on the road as well. God, you'd think but, I know that. We have a Jets podcast, and I never know if we're home or away. But what I is the number being reflected to the fact that Russell Wilson is questionable? Well, so the Jets are plus one, correct? Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, can I think it was bigger beforehand, and then Russ being questionable with the hammy probably brought that down to one. Because they say he might miss time. Like it might be Brett Ripon season this weekend that's interesting why like what that was what i was in so what way up, have I'm you gonna, been I'm able to watch in what way have you been able to watch the broncos and the jets this year like like i get it and 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 the packers were a seven and a half point favorite this week which turned out to obviously not be the right thing but it made sense i don't think i think the jets should be favored i i really expected this to be the first game the jets were favored in and I guess if it is, you know, at the Broncos, you would think on a neutral field they would be favored. But what yeah. do you got? So it, it opened up at minus three. Um, and then since then, it is it has fallen back. That intrigues to, me. Uh, I, listen, I'm the Jets guy. I'm the optimist. I'm always going to lean on their side. But I, I really think, <laughs> I mean, three weeks in a row, the dude. Jets have been underdogs and won. So obviously there's value in betting them. But to me, it's just like they're continuously being undervalued. Take the points. Obviously, it's plus one now. I think the Jets have a very big chance to win this game, you know, better than they did last week. And we balled last week. Obviously, there's the fear any given Sunday. You got a team who's not been playing well, who a lot of people expected to play better. Maybe this is the get right game for the Broncos. I hope not. I've been calling for it every week. I'd really appreciate it if it didn't happen against the Jets. Um but just based on like the talent, what we've seen so far, there's no reason the Jets shouldn't be in this game. And, and I do want to give all the credit in the world to the Broncos defense because I think they're really, really, really good. Fantastic. And, they are. And it's 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 kind of like this Packers game where that's what it's really going to come down to is I assume it's going to be a defensive battle and then which offense is able to kind of break it open. 
there's only been really one game where their defense struggled. It was against the Raiders two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, and and the Raiders put up 32. But other than that, it's 17 to the C- to the Seahawks, nine to the Texans, 10 to the 49ers, 12 to the Colts, and then on Monday, you know, 19 to the Chargers. And you know, some of those teams have offenses that I respect. At least the 49ers do. The Seahawks, looking at what they've done since then, I really respect their offense. They always put up points. Chargers are good offensively, even though they're a little bit banged up without Keenan, but. It's a, it's a fantastic defense and it's lockdown cornerbacks. You know, if you're looking for two of the brightest young corners in football, you're going to see them in Denver this weekend, sauce Gardner. And Oh my God, I can't believe I led this up. And now I'm struggling with this fucking name. Ninth overall pick out of Alabama. His name is Teddy Patrick Sertain. That is who I was thinking of. There you go. I got there. I got there. I was trying to think of it too, but I I was blanking because I could see the panic. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm like, I'm like, what is his name? (laughs) What is his name? Patrick Sertain. So yeah. So two of the brightest young cornerbacks in football are going to be there as well too. They're physical up front. You know, they've brought in a bunch of guys. Now they are banged up. And so that's one thing that we could talk about. We take a look at the injury report and this is as of Wednesday, uh, they've got uh, Quinn Myers starting guard did not participate with a foot injury. DJ Jones ankle DNP linebacker Joey Josie Jewell and a saying bossy defensive back did not practice. They also have guys on there like, uh, you know, Russell Wilson limited with that hamstring where's, you know, that's, that's really to me, this'll be, this'll be an interesting thing because uh, I've said it before. The jets have a thing where backup quarterbacks just are always playing. Oh no. Can you imagine always. if right just goes in and just like cooks you guys up? No, cool. hopefully he goes. What, in if, what and if the offense? What ball. if the offense? How? Yeah, just clicks. So, so this is this goes back to an argument Teddy and I have been having all year, and it's about Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and it's not even an argument. It's but, more. But we're arguing something different. Bigger than that, about that. Bigger than that. I've been just like blindly a Russ guy, a Russ guy for probably three years now that he just Hold like on. has not deserved it, and no. so this has just been like. A, <laughs> I've I've every single week have been like they're gonna do it they're gonna score forty so yeah bright ripping coming in it especially be... against the Jets will piss me off I don't so think fucking funny yeah but shut up that's not gonna happen hilarious. if he comes in the Jets are definitely gonna win I think the Jets are gonna win this fucking game I think the Broncos are gonna continue to look bad. Me too. God, it's stressful. It's going to be my... low scoring. It's going to be ugly. But at the end of the day, which team can I trust to go 60 minutes at least? A... It's funny to say this, but the Jets are more functional right now than the Denver Broncos. They are a functional football team. And the Denver Broncos simply just aren't. They haven't gotten anything going offensively. We talk about those points and how great their defense has been. Here's what they've contributed on offense. 16 in week one, 16 in week two, 11 in week three, 23 against the Broncos, nine against the Colts, and then 16 again against the Chargers. Let's just take a look at what the Jets offense has done. <laughs> now I'm pulling all this stuff up. We're just going to go through it. It's, it's the Broncos are right around 16 points a game is the best that they can do at this point. The Jets have gone and, you know, nine against the Ravens, 12 against the Bengals, but you got 31 against the Browns, 24 against the Steelers, 40 against the Dolphins and 27 against the Packers. And we're just playing numbers here. We're looking and there's a lot of context that goes into all of those games. But plain and simple, the Jets are a better football team right now than the Denver Broncos. And, you know, I get maybe the way the points work out. They're saying on a neutral field, the Jets are technically the favorite. If you're if if you say that, you know, home field advantage is worth, you know, two or two and a half points, you know, you're going to say on a neutral field that technically the Jets are better. And they're just, you know, they're underdogs here because they're on the road. So I think Vegas is telling us here the Jets are the play. They are the better team. Definitely. Definitely. And and I think. When we think about how these teams match up together, I think that's where this game gets really interesting, especially Jets offense versus this Broncos defense. Because this Broncos defense, I mean, you just hyped up their secondary. They've allowed one passing touchdown all year. They really, it's been a no-fly zone. But along with that, they have a great run defense. They really do. And they got a great D-line who, you know, has been balling week after week. You just went through all the all the, uh, the scores they allowed to their opponents. So it is going to be a little interesting, you know. How does this offensive line look? We didn't really talk about them. It's funny how, like, the offensive line is such a point of talking when, they're, when we're not do, doing well. And then once we start winning, we it's like, like we just gloss over them. That but that's good. It, it, you know, it's like, it's like the less you hear about them, the better. The offensive line, especially in the run game, has looked so much better. Dwayne yep. Brown came back last week or two weeks ago. He's looked pretty good, you know, been getting it done. Um, had that lead block on the uh, 
the Braxton Barrios touchdown. So I guess that's what like my like matchup of the game, like that's what I'm most interested to see is are the Jets able to kind of continue this dominant run run game that they've had against a defense like this? Because it's not like passing the ball is going to be any easier, you know, and, and I think a lot of these Jets fans, we just talked about what this offense is. A lot of the Jets fans who are still kind of stuck in the negative, stuck in the pessimism. It's, hey, I want to see Zach Wilson ball. I want to see this passing game come together a little bit. You know, this doesn't seem like the week for that to happen. You know, this doesn't seem like the week where Zach Wilson's going to go out and throw throw three of them. Is there that pass? Is is that going on still? Is it you know it just about the Jets' offense? I don't know if it's just well, be happy. Yeah. I mean, fucking four and two. It is. There, there's Jesus. plenty. When if you went to some Jets tweets after the game and you went to the replies. There are plenty of people, you know, who are bitching. Zach Wilson looks horrible. The passing game looks horrible, blah, blah, blah. It's like fair to some extent, but also it's like be happy that we're four and two and, you know, are running the fuck out of the ball. Um, But I do think there's also it's like guys like me just like dunking on air being like, there's still this side of the fan base that's fucking evil and it's like really it's probably like four guys you know and most of us are just happy that we're that we're winning but but i don't know i mean i've said it every week you know and and i guess it's less true to this point because i really do i said it last week i bought into this team i believe in this team i i think regardless of of what their ceiling is they have reached the point of just being at least you know a middle of the pack nfl team that can be in any game um, but it's going to be interesting to see kind of like last week, you know, where, where we did kind of step up and get it done. It's going to be interesting to see how well this offense is able to move the ball against this Broncos defense. And I think, you know, it'll be another kind of sign of, okay, where do we actually stand? How are we going to be able to do against, against these upper echelon defenses? Yeah. To me, it's, it's still the same. It's the blueprint of the the Packers game where it's like, we're just going to try and wear you down. And hopefully we break away in the middle of the third quarter when you're gassed for us, just running it 25 times. I, I would love to see the offensive explosion too. I agree with you. I, I, I would seriously not think it would come this week. And I would think if they do try and make it happen this week, that it could result in some dangerous plays. The Broncos are very turnover, um, you know, fortunate, I would say, especially in their secondary, you got, you got dogs back there. Uh, You got one of the best safety safeties and Justin Simmons. Obviously I was just talking about certain, but they've got a ton of guys back there that would just worry me. It's like, it, it just to me, after seeing the way they were able to beat the Packers, I would say anytime where they go into a game as, are we the better team? We might be, but I'm not sure that the blueprint is exactly what they did against Green Bay. Definitely. It's get tricky. It's get creative. And eventually as the, you know, we get into the middle of the fourth quarter, that defense is going to be tired as fuck from having to go up against us play after play. And we're going to break off a, a 45 yard touchdown run or something to ice the game there. So um, I would love to see it. I just, I, I think that'll come later in the season. I don't, I don't think it's going to come against new England. I don't think it'll come against Buffalo, but give me Detroit in week 13 or Jacksonville at the end of the season. <laughs> give me that right now. I want to see the jets win football games and the way to do it is exactly what they did against the Packers. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, you know, it'll be a similar game plan. It'll be, it has to be, it'll be, you know, let's shut down this, let's shut down the passing game and hopefully our D line can just go to work without much help, you know, rush forward, get to the passer. And then offensively, you know, we're just going to run, run, run. Um, but, you know, like we said, I would love to see just a little bit more intentional involvement of Elijah Moore, a little bit more intentional involvement of all the, uh, the receivers, I guess. Um, I'd like to see Zach Wilson do a few things, but like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, wins are what matters. And if, if we're able to get wins without Zach Wilson and the passing game looking like one of the best in the leagues, well, Hey, at least our running game is currently looking like one of the best in the leagues. It's okay to win ugly winning ugly is still winning. And it's, it's like when I watch certain teams that have done it consistently over the years, it's like, if you, if your goal is to consistently get to the playoffs, winning ugly in that, in that range where teams are just, you know, they're, they're worried about your physicality and they're worried about when you're coming in, like, man, we really got to step up and be ready to go full 60 minutes. You know, I think of Baltimore, they can just do that for 60 minutes, man. They don't get gassed. 
New England can run it down your throat. They've, they, that's been one of their biggest staples throughout their entire successful period is like at the very least, if the stuff goes wrong in the passing game, they can run it down your throat. And so, you know, the Jets to be able to possess something like that is a huge asset and something that's going to help them out while this passing offense is still figuring itself out. Yeah, the Jet. I mean, listen, I've, I've given them their flowers the past two weeks. I'll do it again. Yeah. I think I think the coaches are doing everything right so far. I mean, I really do. And I think getting to see Robert Sala, you know, celebrate and finally get these moments with the defense, you know, he's talked about it where it's, it's the reason I get so passionate is because when, when, when I, one of those guys goes out and makes a big play, there were so many little steps that happened for that to happen, you know, practicing hard and practice, watching film, working out hard, like all these little things. And so, so finally to get this team winning games and, and for the national media to start having reason to give Salah some credit, I fucking think it's awesome. And I think that overall this coaching staff has just continually done the correct things. And I think this front office, you know, a, a lot of the moves that we all thought were great, that we didn't have the proof to back it up. We're starting to get that proof. This team is really coming together and, and it's, the culture has changed, you know, it's a, and that's where this Elijah Moore team thing just kind of bums me out. Cause it's like, it really did seem like, like every single person here was so bought in. And now, you know, there is a little bit of a riff and we'll see what happens if it, you know, winning, winning does fix all keep winning. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. All right, Teddy, anything else with this game or you want to go right into your prediction? What are you thinking? I'm ready for my prediction. I'm going the New York Jets, 31 points. No, no, no. No, no, no. 27-13 Jets win. Domination. Another dominant. Our defense isn't going to be giving up touchdowns. Our defense is not going to be going to be fucked with. I mean, last week against the Packers, their one touchdown drive, I think we had 35 yards of penalties. You know, yeah. it's like that has how teams have been able to be successful against us is penalties. Like this defense has been balling the past three weeks. I think they continue it against a struggling offense with Russell Wilson might be out there with a hurt hamstring, you know? And I just think, I really do think this Jets team has arrived. I think so too. I'm going to pick the Jets to win. I think it's going to be a little bit uglier. I'm going to go 20 to 12. I was going to do 2016 Ooh, because they that. keep scoring because uh, they keep scoring 16 all year, but you said you talked me out of touchdowns. I'm going to go four field goals. I do just want to say this out loud. I, I said this last week, so maybe it's just a thing I always think, but like this could be the game where, where it's like, oh, I said we're about four the, Packers. Two, the Broncos are two and four. Like this could be the game where things kind of flip on their head and we start to get more question marks about this Jets team, could. but, but fuck that Jets are going to win. We're going to be five and two. I really think we're going to the playoffs. Maybe I should bet on them to make the playoffs right now. I wonder what those odds are at. Yeah, I wonder what they are. Speaking of that, that was another thing I wanted to say. Robert Sala not currently in the top five for head coaching or for coach of the year. I think that's hmm. pretty just like. Did you did you have who was ahead of him? I'd be curious to see because I know Nick Sirianni's got to be up there. I know that Sean McDermott's got to be up there. Um, I would assume I they don't would think always McDermott. Keep... I it, I'm a Steriani, oh. McDaniels. Um, McDaniel? Yep, yep. Oh, Mike McDaniel, not Josh. Right. Is that okay? That's it. McDaniels, right? Yeah, McDaniel? yeah, it is McDaniel. Okay. Yeah. Um, I there were a few John other McDaniels. guys. Uh, like, guys who are, fuck? you know, it's mostly uh, probably Arthur Smith. It's is, mostly is guys Dable who are up overachieving. There? Yeah, Dable's yeah, Dable was, was second, yep. which that I'm fine with. Hey, but it, to me, it to it's him. like the the only criteria basically to win coach of the year is to have a team that was expected to not win a lot and win more than that. And yeah. I think that's exactly what Robert Sala is doing. So it's just frustrating to me that he's not getting that credit, but you know, my hey, boys keep the to... receipts. Who else, who else dropped a receipt? Someone else dropped a receipt line. Another one of these jets players. Did they? Um, I missed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Let me, let me Google it up real quick. I'm trying to remember who it was, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I want to know like if they actually have all these things and like show them in meetings and stuff and say like, like, Hey, we're not going to be showing these to the, to the world, but these are what people are saying about you guys. 
I mean, I'm sure three weeks in a row now we've had the graphic where like the, the 10 Fox analysts or whatever, I'm not sure which, which one Pick it is against. that has like 10 picks, you know, or no, it's the NFL. Cause, cause our boy, uh, my boy, uh, Dan Hansis, the Jets fan on around the NFL podcast, he was the only one to pick the Jets this week, but, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think Robert Sala, this whole receipts thing, you know, a lot of people were making fun of him when it happened. It's it's seeming to work out in his favor so far. When we said it, when, when we were talking about it, it was like, look, wins games, it's going to look really fucking cool. You right. don't win games, right. it's going to start, it's, it's egg on your face. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go Jets win. I'm going to say it's, it's it's a really fucking ugly game there. I'll, uh, let's say. I like your score prediction. This week. I'm taking the under, I'll tell you offense that. can... I know that Jets over last week. I was hoping for the backdoor cover. I'm taking the under. 38 is the point total right now. That's disgusting. <laughs> NFL is so – that's the thing about, like, the league this year is it's so fucking gross. All of these totals are in, like, the low 40s. Yeah, and Blake has uh, has kind of pointed this out where, where you know, teams – pick up on whatever the most successful team's doing. In this case, it was the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago. And then, you know, after a few years, the defenses adjust. It is it is hilarious that we just came off of two years of the most prolific scoring in the NFL, you know, and then now here the defenses are adjusting disgusting. and you just see the drop off. It's I think it's uh, I think it's like on average one one touchdown less per game is being scored compared to last year, which is just like a crazy number when you think about the amount of games that have been played so far. Um, so it's been an interesting year, but hey, I mean, works out in the Jets' favor when we have a defense playing, like that. Yeah, playing out well for the Jets, definitely. Yeah. So let's let's get another win this week. Hopefully, we'll see you, we'll see you listeners next week. Fucking five and two, balling out. Five and two, heading into New England. Yeah, I think that's who's yeah. on the and, horizon. And, and I guess, I mean, we don't have to get super into this, but New England scares me. The two New England games in this upcoming four week stretch after this game with the buy mixed in, I do kind of, I mean, that that is going to be so important in just defining this season. Cause if they go on two in those games, it really does, it's going to make the, the road to the playoff spot a lot harder. It's going to make, you know, obviously the record is two games worse, but if you can go one and one or two and oh, I mean, you're, you're the Jets. I mean, we're four and two right now. Like I said before, to finish the season nine and eight, we got to go five and six to finish, to finish out. And, and a lot of people who projected the Jets to get seven or eight wins had them at one and five or two and four right now. So, so the pathway is there. Like this should be a playoff team. Let's make it fucking happen. You heard it there first. Well, you didn't hear it oh, there first, but you, you heard not. it again. No, <laughs> probably heard it. Not the first time first. you heard it. Yeah, You're definitely. To this. <laughs> oh, all, all right. right. Let's get well, the fuck out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's go get a Jets dub in Denver this weekend. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Chasing 1969 on Twitter, NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Same with the YouTube channel, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I'm at Blake Andrew Pace. Like, subscribe, review the podcast. We appreciate you listening as always. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.